So what I talked about with my own experience was these three A's. I started by being awakened, then I began advancing, and then I got to become adept. So make sure you stay tuned if you're interested in learning what this AAA learning curve is, because I have seen it at play in so many areas of my life and putting a name to it really helped me recognize the progress that I was actually making in my own self-awareness. We're pumped to be back with a live show about self-awareness. The topic last week was mindset. So this week, we expand that train of thought further with insights on how you see yourself, how other people see you, and how this can help you level up to a higher version. Headspace is just one of four steps in the success formula we present for graduates in our new book coming out soon. The title is The Graduate Project, a success guide for parents and new adults. The goal is to bring parents and students together to address the challenges faced by graduates transitioning into the real world. Life is tough, but this book makes adulting so much easier. Check our socials at Power Adulting for more info. the Power Adulting Podcast, where we are hunting down the experiences, struggles, and golden nuggets of wisdom from our helpful guests. Stay tuned for an exciting weekly adventure that uncovers practical tips, tools, and tactics to get you from stuck in the muck to smashing your way through life's toughest roadblocks. Hello, hello, welcome. It is a Monday afternoon. Just wanted to welcome you guys to this chat. Today, Dave and I are going to be talking about self-awareness. It's a tough one, but it also is probably the most important thing you'll ever learn about yourself. And in my opinion, myself, yourself, we should be the most important person in our own life other than family and friends, of course. But really, you're born alone. You die alone. You really need to learn about yourself. So Dave, you want to take it away? Yeah, I do. This is a great chapter in the book because, yeah, it is complex stuff, but great stuff. And so there's really two ways to look at self-awareness. Socrates had his questioning method uh, and so on. And then a great German thinker, uh, I don't know if it's pronounced goth, uh, goth? it's probably goth. You know, I had a different take on it. He said it kind of funny. If I knew myself, I'd run away. So anyway, those are the two different methods. Methods uh, that we have. One is called introspection. That's the Socratic method. And, uh, you know, it's a deeper questioning sort of thing, thinking through the what's happening, how it's happening, uh, what's all going on there. Uh, and the goal, you know, is to develop a stronger you in the process as you get to know yourself. The other option that most of us do in this uh, hectic world that we lived in is avoidance. You know, we just got to brush it under the rug and ignore it. And then, and lo and behold, uh, that thing eventually comes out from underneath the rug and bites our toe off or our whole leg off or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, those are the two methods. I wanted to hear your take on approaches that work for you. There's benefits to both of them. So tell us what you think. 
When I was thinking about this question, it took me back to my younger years because I was very avoidant as a young child. I thought that if I could ignore my problems and ignore them long enough, brush them off, that they would just go away. For me, that included grief, my weight struggle, my disordered eating, my disorganization, my lack of general purpose. I felt like I had a lack of purpose until I was probably halfway through my year at uni or my two years at university in San Diego. And before that, before my early 20s, I was completely avoidant. But once I became awakened to my fixed mindset, and we talked about mindset last week, so check it out if you haven't. We talked about growth mindset and fixed mindset. But once I became awakened to the fact that I had a fixed mindset, I began to realize the importance of embracing challenges instead of running from them. And then I began to be able to advance in my introspective skills. I was able to ask myself these deeper questions like you brought up. And finally, I got to this stage of being adept. And although I am nowhere near perfect, I still every single day have to continue to push myself to grow because I can still be avoidant at times. That's why I am not perfect. I still (laughs) internally want to avoid things, but I need to push myself out of my comfort zone in order to grow. But I can now recognize when I'm being avoidant, I can give myself the needed break that I, I need, right? That's why I'm being avoidant is because I need some sort of a break. And then after I've taken that break, I can take action and avoid being avoidant. And so <laughs> that's, great. that's what I have learned in my experience. And it's funny. I actually, Connor and I are watching the new season of Survivor right now. We love that show. I could see him being on that show someday. That would be very entertaining <laughs> to watch him on that show show. Me too. Yeah. But for example, in Survivor, I respect the heck out of all these players. They have this introspective talk where they're kind of talking to a camera person and talking out their thoughts. And these survivors ask themselves questions like who, what, where, when, why about the stuff that's going on in their tribe. Right. And I have began to recognize their talk as this introspective talk. And I'm like, this is what people are thinking on a regular day-to-day basis, but because they're in survival mode and they're all alone, they're able to process it outward. They're talking it out, but this is really what people are going through on a daily basis. And it's just so interesting and it's critical in daily life as well as in this survival mode. So what I talked about with my own experience was these three A's. I started by being awakened, then I began advancing, and then I I got to become adept. And so we're going to talk about this AAA learning curve after Dave tells us a quick story that we've probably all heard before. So make sure you stay tuned if you're interested in learning what this AAA learning curve is, because I have seen it at play in so many areas of my life and putting a name to it really helped me recognize the progress that I was actually making in my own self-awareness. And I just have to, I wanted to add in there, but I didn't want to interrupt you as far as you have made huge progress in this, as far as, you know, how far you've come from even back in your early college days uh, while you were at community college. Uh, And I can see how you're taking this, taking a more uh, introspective approach, but yet there are also benefits to being avoidant at times. We can't be introspective all the time. So I Mm -hmm. think you really laid that out uh, very nicely. So, uh, you know, 
I don't know how the tortoise and the hare exactly fit in with our two aspects of introspection and avoidance and then the AAA theory, but it's a fun story. So I just wanted to tell it because we all know about it. You know, the tortoise is running around and there's this really arrogant fox that says, oh, how slow you are. You creep along all day long. And so the tortoise was a little offended by that. Well, you know, try a race with me and I'll beat you. And, uh, you know, so the fox says, well, you know, even though the fox was really the boaster, he says, oh, what a boaster you are. Uh, and so anyway, oh, it wasn't the, it wasn't the fox. It was the hare uh, that said, I'm so fast I can run the race. And so they went and got the fox to, to be the referee of the race and so on. And they both got in there and we all know the story. The hare got off to a tremendous start and was running away like crazy. Uh, and the tortoise was plodding along at his little pace. And so sure enough, the hare decides, oh, I'm so far ahead of him, he'll never catch up. So he lays down and takes a nap. And then all of a sudden, uh, he sees the tortoise uh, go by him. And so then he decides, oh, I'm far enough ahead of the tortoise again, so I'm going to take another nap. And so he goes out and plays with his friends or takes a nap or does something like that. And then I'm going to make a long story short. Eventually, he sleeps through. The tortoise plods his way along uh, to the finish line uh, ahead uh, of the hare who comes rushing up and is wondering, oh, you know, what happened? How could you have beaten me? Anyway, that's the story. Tell us your thoughts on that, Elle. I didn't realize until I had experienced burnout myself that this story is truly a representation of the difference between burnout, going so fast and furious that you burn out, versus the slow, steady consistency. And in my experience, burnout and going this fast and furious is never the best option. It just slaps you in the face. It wipes you out. And it is so hard to recover from because you've been given, you're you're giving all your juice, all your juice, not able to refill. You're just giving, 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 and then you have nothing left. And it takes so much extra time to refill and have the energy to continue. Whereas if you can be patient with yourself and this project, whatever project it is you're pursuing, which is hard to do, none of us want to be patient innately. I think all of us want that destination, but it really is about the journey. And I'm learning this myself, but it's you are patient with yourself, you can build the necessary and beneficial habits that will help you in the long run. If you can build these habits early, instead of just going out the gate like this hair and being like, yeah, I got this, da, 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 da. If you can set up a system for yourself, it will benefit you in the long run. And, and something I wanted to add here that maybe doesn't exactly have to do with the tortoise and hair story, but just from my experience with burnout, what I've learned from using introspection, and analyzing my own experiences is that multitasking is setting yourself up to fail. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that's right on track. Yeah. It just is so hard because I feel like in school, we are expected to multitask. You get to middle school and they're like, good luck. You have six classes now. You need to juggle six classes for the next six years of your life. And then you get in this like mentality, like this is what it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be juggling a million and one things at once. And I think school conditions us the wrong way. Truly, you need to focus on one thing at a time. And if you don't, 
you're going to be giving only part of yourself to whatever project it is you're working on. Because when you're splitting your energy up uh, amongst three or four or six different things, you don't have your whole self to give to it. You're only giving a fraction of the energy that you have to this one thing. So how can you totally be fulfilled with the product that you're giving back? Because you can't invest your whole self. It's a mixed up thing that I think school sets us up for failure and something that we have to unlearn as adults. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Going back to what you said about the race. uh, Yeah, yeah, I kind of think of it. uh, And young people just want to take off and go just like the hair. And it's more like a marathon race where you got to pace yourself Mm -hmm. uh, in order to make it. And that's hard. yeah, it is hard. Uh, and kind of like you said, that's why the tort or the uh, hair needed, uh, you know, so many naps is he burned himself out from going mm. so fast all the time. But I just wanted to say one little quick thing about what you said about multitasking. I've been doing a lot of research for this uh, book, The Graduate Project. And there was one study that showed if you're in a meeting and you decide to multitask while somebody is speaking and you're, you try to write out a letter. Uh, an email to somebody else uh, while you're in the meeting listening to whoever is speaking. Guess what level of email that is that you put out to that person while you're in the meeting multitasking. Well, because I've attempted to do this in many occasions similar to that, but different, I'm going to guess that it's less than 50% of what (laughs) you normally could do. I have something even more graphic than that. An adult who's been through, you know, high school or college or whatever, writes like an eight-year-old if they're trying to do that. So I don't know what percentage that is. I think it's maybe more like 10%. I thought that was a pretty funny, yeah. I I wanted to kind of go on, unless you had anything else to add there about, uh, you know, your AAA learning curve, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, let's jump into that because we talk. I, I tried to bring it up earlier because I've seen it in so many of my own life experiences as I've grown. But putting a name to something as simple as this, it really helps you chart out your growth. You're like, wow, I'm not just this bare bones, basic person who's never grown at all. Look at the progress I've made. I've made it through these different stages. So explain what these stages are and why they're important. Well, they're important because I came up with them. I mean, there are other people who've talked about learning curves and so on, but this particular one was created as part of our formula. So I'm glad you like it. Anyway, the first one is awaken, going from that ignorance is bliss to realizing maybe there's a a situation or an issue here. And all of a sudden, I was just kind of oblivious to it before. And all of a sudden, I'm awakened and I realized, ooh, there's something there uh, that I do need to uh, deal with. Uh, That second one is advancing, where you're in that process of learning. I equate it to uh, playing tennis. Somebody goes out and learns to play tennis for the first time, they have to to mechanically, consciously think of every stroke that they're making in this tennis sport that they're learning. So they're struggling consciously thinking of it uh, all uh, along the way. So it's a rather mechanical sort of approach uh, to it as you're thinking through it and developing and trying to master that skill. And the last one is when you become adept at it, which uh, I think I'm kind of there in the tennis uh, game where your stroke is grooved, where it's 
automatic. You don't have to think about that swing or that serve or that sort of thing. And you can take things to the next level and start thinking about strategy and where your opponent is and how you're going to move them around. So you're going from, I never knew anything about tennis uh, as a young person, and I started to learn it, and it was very awkward and bad. I go to advancing as I'm progressing through it and getting better and better, and then adept where it's just second nature. It's almost on autopilot, so you can think of broader issues. So anyway, that's my take uh, on the AAA learning curve. I had, I I was trying to think other than my story about growing from a fixed mindset to a more growth mindset. I was trying to think of another story where I have implemented this AAA because I know there's a ton, but trying to really crystallize one. And I really thought about my yoga practice and I am not a yogi by any means. (laughs) Like I am still in the advancing level here. Like I wouldn't even consider myself adept. I'm still straight in advancing. But before this is before I even started yoga. I never thought that I had a need for yoga. I just thought it was a bunch of mumbo jumbo, kind of woo woo. I was like, is that really going to help me? Is that going to help my body? I really wasn't desperate enough for my body to, to feel the way I was looking for it to feel. So I didn't have this need for it. And then I got to this awakened stage. And for me, this awakened stage probably took like five to eight years of not really being like, I'm committed to this, but just doing a few yoga classes, starting to understand it, but not giving myself to it at all. And I could never get the breathing part down where they call like the flow where you're flowing with your breath. And then I moved to Bend and I started at a Baptiste yoga studio, which is just like a certain type of yoga, just like churches. There's different denominations. I, in my brain, it's like that. It's just a certain type of yoga. There's like different types of yoga. But anyways, two of my closest friends here in Bend also go to that studio. And I've been just drawn to the physical and mental challenge, as well as the community and quote unquote competition. Not that I'm competing with anybody else, but the encouragement of having people you know and look up to also in the same room with you, you want to keep up. So it's an internal competition with everyone else to keep up. So that was my awakened part. I was like, wow, like these things that I didn't realize actually can help. I can get this flow. I can get this breathing. It does exist. I was like, whoa, light bulb moment. And then I began advancing and I tried to go to one yoga class a week not too much, but for me, it's progress, right? Just one a week. I'm not a crazy yogi, but I try and do one. Yeah. A week. You don't want, you don't want to burn out, right? Because I will a hundred percent. I will like that is who I am as a person. And I need to pull back, but I've had multiple classes where I have felt like I was in this flow with my breathing. And it was the coolest accomplishment because before this last year, I never thought I could. I thought this was just a joke that they're like, you're supposed to be breathing and sinking it at the same time. Like what on earth? I just didn't think it was possible. And then I began to advance and I actually realized that this was a thing. And I was like, whoa, mind blown. And okay. So now we go to this third stage. I am not adept. 
nowhere close. Like maybe if I continue with my consistency next year or the year after, maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed. But one of my really, really good friends is, and she's spent years perfecting her craft. She can create like a yoga sequence in her own living room without the aid of any instructor. She wants to get teacher certified. She knows the different poses. She knows them and the terminology that they use because it's a different language that they use from English depending on the poses. So she is adept and it's almost second nature for her. And it's really cool to see somebody be a step ahead of you because you know that it is possible to get there. You've seen somebody else who has obviously spent the energy and the time advancing to get to the second nature part. We had an awesome woman, uh, Brooke, on our podcast two seasons ago, who is adept in yoga. She has spent years and years and years advancing. She is fully adept. And so for me, it just helps remind me that I'm looking forward to my own growth. I'm looking forward to being able to push my body physically in yoga, in the gym. I want to pursue different goals like a handstand and improving my flexibility and getting this breath flow more consistently done when I'm going to these yoga studios. And so I just wanted to remind everyone that it all starts with being awakened to something you never knew before. And so I never realized how important this breathing was in yoga. I never realized that I could actually do it. And I became awakened and I started practicing. And that's all it takes with this growth mindset is that let's just put one challenge in front of us at a time and keep pushing and see where we can grow to because you never know until you try and you may hate it. It may not be for you, but at least you tried to push yourself out of your comfort zone. You tried to achieve these goals. And if after five times, 10 times, you're like, oh, this isn't right. That's cool. But at least you started to advance and it may not be the right skill for you to be adept at, but you're never going to know until you start to try. So that was kind of my little story. And that's, uh, I, you said you didn't know if it worked. I mean, that is a great story to go with it. Uh, I love that one. Uh, and so I just wanted to go on and say there is one more phase mm. uh, to the AAA learning curve that I didn't even tell you about, L. Uh, okay. You, you've got to read the book uh, in order to no. know. <laughs> Uh, as far as once you become adept at it, it's just like your friend is then you want to go out and help others a- awaken and advance and adapt. But the formula didn't quite work in my mind. Quadruple A uh, learning curve doesn't quite not sound the same. as good. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's triple A. So I left it out because not everybody uh, gets there or wants to go there and give back to others. But I just wanted to, I hadn't thought about it until you brought it up, bring the correlation back to our book and our coaching courses and so on. That's really not that we're perfect, but we're past advancing and adept with all the research, all the interviews that we've done and so on. We have really advanced to that point where we're adept enough that we're uh, ready to teach it to others. And that's what our book, The Graduate Project, uh, which is going to be coming out soon, uh, is all about. Uh, And these are some of the modules. The first one was mindset uh, that we talked about last week. The second one is uh, awareness that we're talking about today. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. And then uh, next week, we will talk about the next step there. But we're going to leave that as a cliffhanger for everybody else. So anyway, uh, that's I just wanted to add that in, let people know what's uh, up and coming. 
Awesome. Well, I think we really dug into self-awareness today and this was wonderful. And I think we can leave it at that. (laughs) Until next week, better your best you, everyone. Wait a second, guys and gals. If you are a recent or soon-to-be grad or know someone who is, then you need to get The Graduate Project, a success guide for parents and new adults. This book will definitely let parents better understand the adulting struggles that students are facing in our ever more complex society and also help graduates dramatically improve their lives. Go to Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at Power Adulting for more info on this brand new book release. Elle and I are thrilled you joined us on the Power Adulting Podcast. We love helping you and always want to improve. Feedback is essential for us to produce the absolute best show possible, especially in these early days. Could you help us out by doing a quick rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you use? Take a quick pic of your review and send it to us at Power Adulting on Facebook or on Instagram. If you prefer email, the address is contact at poweradulting.com. Either way, Elle and I would be immensely grateful and we'll list you on our website in the Founding Listener Hall of Fame. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next week on the Power Adulting Podcast.